Um, well, the, f the first thing I need to say is that is the album is produced and uh, and um, uh, facilitated by a guy called Marcus Reuter. Uh, Marcus is a German uh, U8 player. So I don't know if you know what U8 is. It's a it's a guitar with eight uh, strings and it's, it's playing both guitar and bass and you play that tapping. So it's a yeah. it's a instrument that is derived from initially from the stick that was played in the 80s and still still is played but was uh, was uh, played by guys like Tony Levin in the Peter Gabriel band and uh, Marcus is um, producing the album is uh, is the one that uh, let all these wonderful musicians come and he contributed to uh, ideas and uh, advice and also uh, played some uh, some uh, U8 on the on the tracks so that's the main guy Listen to the Vibes. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Listen to the Vibes. And I have here Mr. J.P. Rossi. And he has a, a band called Unquiet Music Limited. And uh, we're going to get to know him and a little bit about this album that he's got. Uh, is it already been released or it's about to be? Uh, or, um... Yeah, it's been it's been released on the 3rd of February. It's available okay. on Bandcamp, and it's also on Spotify, Apple, and all the, all the media platforms. All right. Um, now, uh, I believe when it was sent to me, it was listed as uh, prog rock. Um, would is that how you would uh, describe it? Uh, well, you know, describing music is always uh, always tricky, right? Um, I would uh, I would say yeah, uh, probably the the players on the album and the general general influence is, is prog prog rock but um in the in the true sense of the term progressive meanings uh, going a bit beyond uh, beyond barriers beyond frontiers so it's a uh, some of some some people have qualified it as art rock as well but i would say it's um it's just music and uh, there is no particular boundary it can go anywhere and um one of one of the things i i I try to do in this uh, in this music, this album, and uh, even more in the previous one, is to try to generate something that I've not heard before. So, um, and since I'm hearing a lot of music uh, for 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 a lot of time, I'm I'm just trying to to say, okay, if if we do some music, let's do something different. Otherwise, you just go to your your usual uh, your usual artists. So um, that's that's the idea of progressive well it's definitely nothing i've ever heard before um but and i i guess when we tried to describe it i i kind of looked at it more like art rock uh, but yeah. they say why why put it in a box right absolutely well tell us uh, a little it, bit more about you well um Actually, my my um, my trajectory through music is uh, is a bit unusual. Uh, I mean, in in the twenties, just like the music, yeah, absolutely. In the in the in my twenties or fifteens to to uh, to thirty, let's say, I've, I was playing in a band. I was uh, recording music. I was I was raised with the classical music first, and Ennio Morricone uh, and that stuff, and uh, and then came uh, Jean Michel Jarre in the mid seventies and all these. Uh, synthesizers movements you know tangerine dream uh craftwork evangelist and so on and so forth and and then i discovered uh um 
cold wave, new wave, punk rock. And so uh, that was the uh, early 80s. And um, I started uh, making music myself with a, with a four track and then a, a band and, uh, and touring a little bit. And I did that up till more or less up till uh, I was 30. And then I stopped everything. I stopped all music. I did something else totally different. And I came back to music actually uh, in 2015, uh, 20 years later. Uh, I stopped more or less in the in the early 2000. And um, again, as I was saying, during during all those years, I was think, thinking, what's what's the point of making music? There is so much good music out there. So what's the point? And then I came back with this idea of of doing something different. So. Um, yeah, that's that's what I'm trying to do. So I'm I'm not particularly uh, skilled in any instrument. I play a bit of keyboards. I sing a little bit, but uh, I I try to focus on composition. I'm trying to compose in the broad sense of term, not only with notes and uh, rhythms, but also with sounds as as we do today. And um, everything is is good for composing, and trying to um, kind of uh, instead of improvising if, if i were a, a good uh, player of whatever instrument i could improvise but instead of doing that i'm trying to improvise with time and uh, gather the time compress the time spend a lot of time and compress it in a few minutes or few seconds and that's my way of uh, of improvising and letting of course uh, things happen and uh, accidents and so on and so forth so right. yeah i don't know if i answered your question but uh, basically I'm back to music for the past uh, seven, eight years, um, trying to do something different. And you're over in France right now. I'm in France. Uh, I'm also uh, working for my day job in the UK. I'm traveling a lot during those 20 years where I was uh, not doing music. Uh, I used to travel uh, a lot around the world. Well, I'm still actually, I'm still traveling quite a bit. So uh, yeah, and all this has... Um, has enriched my uh, my uh, my way of of uh, of apprehending of of understanding sounds and music. Now, are you trying to make a statement with this album, or is there a special story behind it? Yeah, I try to make statements. Absolutely, I'm not. Uh, uh, it's it's not entertaining and or entertainment music really. Although I love entertaining entertainment music as well. But uh, and I made some uh, some pop uh, pop music as well on the on the same bandcamp where where you have the uh, album you you have some other albums which are pure pop music. Um, this time around, this this album is about. Um, it's called meme music, and it's uh, actually it started by uh, by a piece that is in the album and that has has been cut in two. The first and last piece of the albums were initially one piece and called Meme Music. And um, it's it's a bit of um, a digression or, or um, uh, let's say, um, ideas about uh, the way we communicate, the way we uh, exchange with each other. And it's, of course, it's it's been uh, influenced by the past two, three years that we've gone through. And all these different ways of communicating that we have experienced being uh, being uh, under lockdown, and uh, understanding a bit different uh, differently uh, the way to to communicate. But in a more general trend is because also uh, for the past uh, 40, 50 years we've been communicating more and more virtually, 
and with more and more simple uh, elements like memes, like emoti emo emoticon emo emojis, mm -hmm. uh, these kind of things, and uh, exchanging very simple units of communication to pass on our ideas. And and of course that's that's very useful when you want to pass your idea, but the drawback is that uh, it's uh, very simple. So you are missing a lot of subtlety of interaction between the people. So the uh, the album is about that. It starts with that. It starts with uh, um, this, uh, I would say, superficial general way of interacting, saying very simple things. Also, the way to move into your everyday life and uh, the society in general, where you, you say very simple things because you just just want to make your way and and you just want to be polite because politeness is also about saying uh, saying simple things and it goes uh, gradually uh, through um, meeting uh, meeting uh, uh, your true love and uh, being able to exchange with one person and uh, exchanging with one person in a much deeper way and that leads to um, understanding somebody different somebody that is not you somebody that is very very different from you but you accept and then through this, you can connect back, and you can uh, you can uh, then be able to speak to everybody, uh, all those in a simple way, but also in a very open way. So it's all this trip from uh, from very superficial uh, communication to uh, to deep communication and and back to uh, to speaking to each other, uh, anybody to anybody. Isn't it amazing how much things have changed from. When we were younger, I mean, like when I was in school in the 70s and the early 80s, we never even dreamed of, you know, memes and <laughs> emojis and all that. Now it's part of our everyday life. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's no, wild. The, the, uh, the society uh, or the, the way we exchange has, has, uh, has changed a lot. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure we have changed a lot because... Uh, I think even from the prehistoric age, we have probably not changed much. Our brain is the same. So, um, but yeah, the, the way we interact is um, is a bit different, and uh, and we have we have to try and not not lose the the thread, not lose the communication. Yeah, it's very difficult today, also with the music, because when you do music or when you listen to music, and I'm the first one concerned, you listen to something, it's, it's great, it's nice, and then you pass to something else. And then something else, and then something else. So it's more and more difficult to focus on something. So, um, and that's also why I'm doing this kind of uh, uh, difficult, so to say, uh, music because I'm not pretending to uh, attract uh, attention or, or to uh, to have. Uh, uh, maybe maybe when you listen to the music, then you say, okay, that's that's not for me. I go I go for the next one, but. Uh, it's it's really a music that uh, that needs um, that needs time, so uh, I prefer to do this, take more time, do this rather than to do a lot of music in a in a, uh, every every day, every month, and and issue a lot of things that you will uh, you will forget. This one is um, is more difficult, is more takes more time to enter into it, but hopefully, if you if you make this effort, it it stays. Yeah, we we were talking the other day about um, whenever a concert would come to town and you remember you have to get like those uh the little music magazines or news little papers and stuff to find out who was coming to town yeah and now you pick up your phone and you just 
you know, punch a few buttons and there it is. You can find out who's, who's coming to town specifically what band. Yeah. Yeah. You're right, man. Things have changed so much. Same same for the records, uh, Kyle. I mean, in my time when I got a vinyl record, it was, uh, it was the Holy Grail. I mean, I was very happy. And I, then I listened to it a number of times because uh, we had very, very few records. So uh, the the few records we had, we first of all we had to choose them very very carefully, and then of course uh, we listened to them a, a lot. Uh, it's very different today. I'm comedian David Race in Los Angeles. I host a celebrity-filled paranormal talk show like no other. Monstrosity has great guests answering weird questions. You won't believe the combo of celebrities and paranormal experts who've been on this show. I guarantee you'll like Monstrosity, or you get your time back. Go to monstrositypodcast.com right now and take a look. Oh, yeah. Um, My record collection was crazy. I think I estimated... My my record collection was like ten thousand dollars, and I probably spent what six or seven dollars on a record back then. Yeah. <laughs> and now, you see how much a record is now? It's like yeah, twenty-seven to thirty dollars. It's, it's all virtual. It's all Spotify and uh, and Apple Music, whatever. So, uh, yeah, it's very easy. But still, the the some music I'm trying to find is is still difficult to find. I mean, for example. Uh, uh very very uh rare mixes of uh, bill laswell for example um, and things like that so you <laughs> you still have some uh, some things that are in the dark but um yeah otherwise uh, it's very easy to access uh, a lot of things yeah oh yeah i i mean what we wait would wait for that new album to come out and then head to the record store to pick it up and now you just pick up your phone and the day it comes out it's already accessible on your phone never would have dreamed a day like this would have came but i still love to pick up a record i love to look at the artwork and i don't know there's something more personable about holding that album in your hand you know what i mean i mean yeah this is convenient to to be able to play this on my phone and i got a little speaker that i can hook up to through bluetooth and listen to it but and even a cd i mean but i I love records there's just something about them you need to bring those days back man yeah they're trying (laughs) yeah and you know it's it's also a youngsters thing it's the thing where we we remind we remember because it was when we were young well, I think there are still things that are excitement to the young guys today. Maybe it's yeah. not so much the music. Maybe it's other things. Maybe video games or maybe other things. But yeah, uh, yeah it has it has moved. We well, have to move on as well. We have to find other other ways. You know, another thing is is a kid has a computer. He can just make up the music by himself on on a computer. Yeah. And we were talking the other day uh, about how we really should bring bands back into the studio because you know, not a lot of bands do that nowadays. I mean, you've got some, but 
so everybody can just do stuff on their computer. Well, the ones I'm listening to, uh, a few of the ones I'm listening to still do that. I mean, um, uh, but uh, but you have other ways. I mean, on, on my my own experience is also to do music without a band. I'm trying to gather musicians and they play in their own place. I'm yeah. trying to interact with them and have them uh, understand what what the music is about or have a feeling of, even if it's a different feeling than what I initially thought, but have their own feeling on the, on the music and do some stuff. And then I'm I'm gathering these things and and, and using the um, the musician's performance as an instrument, so I'm playing with the performance, and so that's a different way of uh, of doing things. But it's also uh, also very exciting. Well, I'll tell you, the lockdowns sure changed the the whole world around. I'm, a lot of guys I've heard were somebody would do a recording at their little studio in their home, and then send it off and then they put it all together it's amazing that you can do that you know and somebody be a total on the other side of the world and be able to send you whatever it's yeah, crazy the, the issue with all this uh new technology or technology that that is capable of doing anything is always the same issue for me you need to have the idea or mm -hmm. you need to have something coming it's not necessarily an idea something you let coming and uh and make it because yeah, you're right. It's it's so easy to take a piece of uh, gear and uh, press a button, and then you have uh, you have some music. But then the music you will have is um, is probably uh, going to be um, very very little of you and a lot of the gear. So uh, maybe it's good. I mean, but the problem is that you 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 might have that reproduced a number of times around you, and that blurs the uh, the um, the uh, whole world of music with a lot of music that is uh, that is the same and you had some pretty good musicians on your album can you talk a little bit about them sure um well the, f the first thing i need to say is that is the album is produced and uh, and um, uh, facilitated by a guy called marcus reuter uh, marcus is a german uh, u8 player so i don't know if you know what u8 is it's a it's a guitar with eight uh, strings and it's, it's playing both guitar and bass and you play that tapping so it's a yeah. it's a instrument that is derived from initially from the stick that was played in the 80s and still still is played but was uh, was uh, played by guys like Tony Levin in the Peter Gabriel band and uh, Marcus is um, producing the album is uh, is the one that uh, let all these wonderful musicians come and he contributed to uh, ideas and uh, advice, and also uh, played some uh, some uh, U8 on the on the tracks. So that's the main guy. Um, uh, Marcus is a, a member of a band called Stickman with Tony Levin uh, that I just mentioned, and uh, Pat Mastelotto, who is the drummer of uh, King Crimson. And thanks to that, I had the chance to have those two guys as well on the album, uh, playing each one on a number. Um, their very uh, particular uh, way of playing their instruments, Pat Mastelotto for the drums and the electronic drums, Tony Levin for the stick and also for the uh, um, upright uh, electric bass. And um, the the core of the um, of the rhythm section, I would say, on the album is a guy called uh, Troy Jones. He's a drummer from uh, from New Orleans, a wonderful drummer who played also uh, with Marcus. Uh, a lot of times, and um, 
a bass player called John Poole. John is a, is a British bass player. Uh, he played with a band in the 90s called the Cardiacs, who had a, a bit of, uh, of fame. And he's playing now with a prog act called Life Science. So John and Troy provided the uh, the uh, most of the uh, rhythm section, and uh, I must say they drastically changed a lot of uh, of numbers by uh, by improvising and bringing their own uh, their own feel and power power uh, to the um, to the pieces. Apart from that, uh, we have uh, some people uh, of my um, French connection, I would say. And um, I'm connected uh, since the 90s with um, some people coming from Algeria that have settled into France in the 90s and are playing, you know, at, at the time they were playing a, a genre called Rai, which is a, a Algerian pop music. And uh, now it's uh, broadened and they are playing uh, pop and uh, also some kind of North African uh, pop. So I have these, uh, these guys uh, contributing and also a wonderful singer called Samira Bramia. She's uh, she's um, issuing an album those days, and touring uh, around in uh, in Europe and uh, North Africa. Um, of course, on the album they're not playing uh, North African music; they're playing more more uh, rock, rock or or free improvisation. And um, I also have some uh, some uh, appearance from a guy from a uh, call from uh, called Adrian Benavides from Austin, uh, where I think you are. And yes. uh, Adrian is has um, been uh, working with uh, Pat Mastelotto for a number of days, number of, of, of years. He has a band called Earth Diver. He's uh, very much into the uh, Nine Inch Nail vibe and uh, kind of a heavy uh, or, or heavy rock, uh, industrial rock. So he provided some vibes of that on the album. And uh, Frédéric Lepe, who is a very nice uh, guitar player, very skilled guitar player playing in, a, he's living in Berlin, he's a French guy. He, he used to play in a prog, prog band called Shylock in the 70s. Uh, now he's playing in a band called Yang, who are also doing uh, prog rock and issuing albums regularly. So um, these guys also contributed and a few a few other ones. So yeah, I had the chance to have a lot of a uh, lot of very talented uh, musicians contributing to the to this music. Yeah. Wow, how'd you get all those guys together, Marcus? Just through Marcus, wow. Marcus and, and my own connections in France, but uh, yeah, that's that's the way. And um, initially, I I managed to get the attention of all the, uh, these guys, well, of Marcus and uh, another guy called Trey Gunn, who is a former uh, um, bass player of uh, King Crimson, um, just by sending the demos and have them uh, listening to that. And since it was uh, something else, I would say, at least the first album, because the second album, I would say is my mainstream album. So if you think that's a weird album, listen to the first one. So um, I sent them this first one, and uh, yeah, that that hooked their attention, and then uh, then we started from there. Wow, do you have a favorite on that album? A favorite what? A favorite song on that album? Uh, I've no, I've no, I can't, I can't really say uh, I have a favorite song. I mean, the songs are very different. So you, the yeah. first song is um, is um, a, a net of of voices, fifteen voices, singing syllables one after the other. The second song is more like industrial nine inch nail. The third song is experimental uh, choir, 
plus a bit of funk and then the fourth song uh, is um, ambient voices the fifth song is a ballad in the style of a very cool ballads uh, of uh, i don't know david sylvian or uh, or bowie influenced with all due respect uh, then you have a very strange rhythmic uh, prog number with a drum solo then you have a kind of festive number with a carnival feel and uh, and like a kind of uh, playing big bands in the streets of new orleans kind of feel well it's not not really that but it's the feel then you have a love song uh, very smooth uh, pop uh, pop rock love song and it ends up with another vocal piece so um yeah it's it's very diverse i would say i have no no particular preference it's difficult for me to say I prefer any of those because uh, for me they are all. I'm trying to make only climax. So, so of course you cannot make only climax because if you make only climax, there is no climax. So, but, uh, <laughs> but that's that's just the um, the balance I'm trying to find is to have uh, to have all these pieces with something um, interesting in them and uh, appealing and and you could depending on your mood you could like uh, one or the other. Do you have a, a like a top five, top ten list of bands that are your favorites or your most influential? Well, uh, favorite uh, and most influential, I, I don't know, but I, I yes, absolutely, I can I can say I've been listening through through my life. I, I listen to all kind of music from classical to jazz to French chanson to uh, a noise uh, noise rock or whatever. But so if I have to quote a few people. Apart from Marcus Reuter, who is a great artist, and I'm following uh, what he's doing, uh, I could say among the very, very famous people, uh, I was um, uh, very much influenced by the early Genesis songs, and then uh, Peter Gabriel, um, King Crimson, and um, later on by the works of uh, Joy Division um, for the for the Cold Wave, and um, then on the classical contemporary music, I could say Steve Reich. Arvo Pert, if that rings a bell, and uh, of course Radiohead and these kind of bands, um, many, many, many guys, um, and a guy that makes all kinds of music, any kind of music you could imagine, from easy listening supermarket music to absolute uh, impossible to listen noise, is uh, John Zorn. I don't know if you heard about John Zorn. He's a mm. saxophonist player, but he's a great composer from New York. And he's, he's doing all kinds of music. So it's very impressive body of, of work. I'm, I'm very impressed by that. I follow what he does. And the other guy is the, the, the band leader from King Crimson called Robert Fripp, who uh, is a guitar player and um, has uh, created a, a new way of composing, a really uh, original way of making music um, and has very interesting approach that I'm also very fond of. Yeah. For me, it seems like it changes from time to time, according to, to I guess, my mood. But I, I'd have to say number one on my list would have to be Frank Zappa. Yeah, well, so there you go. So uh, that's that's part of the family, I would say. Yeah, Frank, Frank Zappa, uh, Triumph, of course, the Beatles. I mean, how do you not like the Beatles? The Beatles uh, are extraordinary. I mean, after the Beatles, really... Uh, I'm not sure there has been much invention. Right. They've already covered it all. So after that, it was development. It was not really a revolution. Yeah. They've made, uh, they've made this very weird uh, um, 
tape uh, song called Revolution 9, Nine, nine yep. album, which is a uh, concrete music, really. You, have you ever played it backwards? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Turn me on, did man. Yeah, Turn me on, did man. <laughs> Very interesting. Well, so, yeah, the Beatles, absolutely. Well, if you think about it, I mean, they played hard rock and almost heavy metal on a few of their albums yeah. before it was even popular. Absolutely. And if you go yeah. if you go further down, uh, further before, you have uh, Mozart and you have uh, Johann Sebastian Bach. So it's all it's for me. It's all a continuity. Mm -hmm. I, I don't I don't make I don't rank musicians. I mean between. Uh, uh, classical music, rock, pop, jazz, whatever. You have Miles Davis. You have a lot of great yeah. jazz players as well. So um, for me, it's just music. It's just music. Yeah, true. But uh, I don't know. I, I have my favorite favorites that if I was trapped on a, a deserted island that I'd have to have, you know, The Who, Rolling Stones, that kind of stuff. Yeah, Talking but, Heads I like a, a lot as well. Talking Heads? Mm -hmm. oh yeah we were just listening to them yesterday okay yeah um that, that that was experimental that was different for its time that was different yeah absolutely and that there is a, this guy this former guitar player from king crimson called adrian Bilou. he's touring mm -hmm. uh, with um, a former talking heads member jerry harrison and they are playing this uh album from uh, 1980 called the remain in light from talking heads so that's also one thing not to miss if you if you happen to be uh, around in uh, when they are when they're playing. Did you did you like Tom Tom Club? Yeah, Tina Weymouth and uh, Chris France. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I tell you what, they broke away from Talking Heads, and I, I thought they were going they were going to go on further than what they did. But that that album, uh, God, I can't remember the name of it. But that was a great album. Yeah, I don't remember either, but uh, yeah, I, I see what you mean. Yeah, well, a lot of different bands they they contributed so much to you know the the different sounds that came around. Some of it were happy accidents, and a, a lot of bands can say those are the bands that influenced me, and and they're the reason why I'm making music nowadays. I mean, if there, if you could pinpoint one specific, it would be a person or a band. Who would you say influenced you the most to be a musician? Well, at the start, at the very start, it was uh, the, uh, the music of uh, spaghetti westerns in your Morricone. Oh yeah, I was listening to that when I was ten or or eight, uh, and um, I love that. I love that because it was. Um, it was uh, lyrical. It has a, a, a feeling of, uh, of of traveling somewhere. And at the same time, there was a lot of humor and uh, very, very strange instruments. And it was very melodic. The melodies and harmonies of Ennio Morricone are something very special. So um, it has this, um, this, yeah, this, this, this feeling of, of being something grand, something going beyond. And at the same time, very, very humoristic. So that's, oh, yeah. that's, Probably one of the first things that uh, that led me to uh, to to have uh, to want to do music. It, see, that is my favorite genre of of movies. Is like the old Clint Eastwoods, yeah. um, the the Trinity, 
or my name is nobody <laughs> all those, i love those movies man I, I i don't know if the kids nowadays would love the or get that humor but i i did i'm sure i'm sure it's still uh it's still very popular if you pass a clint eastwood movie to a to a young guy today he will probably appreciate it as well i mean that this was this is uh this has no age this doesn't go old i mean it's uh it's, it's still very good and uh, again this because of the humor because of the very very particular way to do it and uh and also nice, great stories. Oh, yeah. Well, you know that Terrence Hill is doing a new movie? Nope, didn't know that. Yeah, um, I thought he had totally fallen off the radar, but he's. it's not a Western. It's uh, more like a motorcycle gang type movie. Okay. But, I mean, he... <laughs> He was the king of of the comedic spaghetti westerns, that's for yeah. sure. With his pal uh, Bud Spencer. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, <laughs> boy, I, that's something I could talk about for hours. Italian guys. And did you know that he had learned to speak English, but he still had his voice overdubbed for those movies anyway? Yeah, I was not aware of that. Um, interesting. Yeah, I could talk about him all day, but this is about you, man. Um, now, has this inspired you to create more music for the future, or you haven't, or you're kind of taking a break from that right now? Yeah, I'm actually now uh, the album has been issued, and uh, I've been preparing a few videos. Um, I've done uh, actually videos to explain each song, or mm -hmm. talk about each song. I've issued the first one uh, a few days ago. And uh, there are about uh, eight or nine videos, so I will will issue that. So I'm more on a on a period where I'm I'm uh, let's say yeah resting from uh, from composition and trying now to uh, to promote and to uh, to make this uh, this music access uh, a few people. Um, and and again, the other thing is that I'm not really deciding. Actually, I, I'm saying that, but just before this interview, I was working on a, on something new. So, uh, but anyway, um, I'm not really deciding in the fact that it's the same that when I restarted making music and saying, okay, I'm going to make something different. It's not like I just decided to, okay, let's let's sit down and do something different. It's it's it happened. It happened. So, uh, I'm, as I was saying, I'm not uh, proficient in any instrument. So, but I'm a dreamer. So uh, what I uh, what I do is I let the music come. I dream of the music. I try to um, to be close to uh, to let things happen or close to my dreams, and and then try to materialize that. So if if they don't come, I don't do music. It's very simple. It's not like again. It's not like I, I I'm a I'm a, a skilled guitar player. So I take my instrument and then I start playing and I can improvise something. The people who can do that, that's great. That I admire that. Because of course, when they take their instrument, they have this connection and this uh, dream that I was mentioning comes directly, flows through them to their to their fingers. And um and uh, the instrument starts to to be talking to them the same way they talk to the instrument. So they have a kind of interaction that lets this thing from the inside up and outside. And that's improvisation. That's that's great, uh, but that's not something I I can do really. Although I mean, 
Marcus uh, is, do, is teaching as well. And he, he said to me once, you can improvise with anything. Just take a, a flute or take any uh, any uh, a, a pan and a saucepan and uh, you can improvise. Uh, just do it. And it's true. I mean, if you want to do music, just do it. Just start and, um, and see how it goes. And uh, if you're open enough, if you are listening, uh, things will happen. And it's again, it's very different than uh, pressing a button and saying, okay, this piece of gear is great. So I will change this and that and that uh, parameter and the press and see what happens. That's that's nice, but it's it's only the first the first step I would say. After that, uh, well, you have to let things happen. And uh, and also um, in my particular case, um, you know, the improviser is he can improvise because he masters his his instrument, and he masters his instrument because he worked a lot uh, to to be technically uh, very skilled. And after that, he has to forget about the technique to uh, let things happen precisely. Mm -hmm. In my case, I work a lot in uh, concentrating the time. That's what I was saying before. So I'm, I, the first thing that I'm doing is maybe is, is not, not really great. It's not materializing what I have in, in mind, but I have to work on that and, and work uh, a lot of a, a great amount of time, several months, to make this thing come. And of course, in the course of this work, like in the course of an improvisation, you have accidents. And when accidents happen, uh, they are part of the process. But mm -hmm. in, eventually when you finish that, that long time of work, you, you arrive uh, with a piece that uh, is probably different than what you were thinking initially. But um, that's that's, that's the result of the process and you don't necessarily remember uh, all the steps of the process or you cannot go to mix number one mix number two and so on and so forth uh, it's just it's just a process and then of course when you are when you're there at one moment you need to stop you need to say okay that's it but really in an ideal world you never stop um, initially when i was making my first album i was not thinking of publishing it I was thinking of making this album forever. I mean, doing wow. this music, trying to do this music, concentrating the time, gathering all these elements, uh, bringing all these things together in an hour of music and doing that forever until I die. Because uh, you can go on uh, forever and ever. And it's only because at one time, of course, I realized that I, I, have, to, I have to stop somewhere. And also Marcus advised that, well, it's, it's time. So you issue something, but I think it's the same for all uh, all artists. They could uh, they're never happy with with what they have done. They could only go better afterwards, and uh, and what they issue is just a version. And the important thing is the process, really, which does not which does not uh, um, prevent you from enjoying what you have done. And of course, I'm also I'm also I'm not uh, I'm not saying okay, I'm doing music and then. Uh, well, I'm not happy and I forget about it. No, I, I enjoy what I'm doing. I, I, I like to listen to it for a while. After that, uh, I will probably uh, pass to something else, but uh, for, for a while, and uh, I like and I enjoy what I, what I produce. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm in that now with this uh, latest album. Well, you think of all the contributions we've had in music over the years. Uh, Les Paul with his guitars that he created, uh, the Beatles with all the things that they, they did experimenting uh, the, the kinks. I mean, 
running uh, knitting needles through their amps to cause distortion, you know, um, even as recent as you think of Robert Palmer, he used the, 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 uh, aluminum foil pie pans to make sounds on his albums or even taking two swords together and making noises. I mean, all the different things that we've gotten from bands through the years and all the great music. And we, we need to encourage people to just to keep trying. You know, you never know yeah, what you're going to come up with. Even, even with, uh, with the configuration of a band, this band I was mentioning, uh, King Crimson, mm -hmm. band from the seventies, but they've been playing up till 2021, I guess. Uh, and their latest incarnation was three drummers in front of the stage and uh, four guys in the back of the stage. So, wow. uh, and that was a band and they were playing classic prog numbers and also experimental numbers. And they were also improvising the seven of them. At one time, there were even eight. So uh, even by just uh, gathering musicians in a certain way, you create something new and that's also the the spirit of jazz because you know in the jazz you have a lot of of people just meeting each other and say okay let's let's do some music and um marcus as well is a is a improviser so he's playing he's not playing jazz but he's playing improvisation and i i would say the the spirit of jazz is there because it's uh he meets some other rock players and then they improvise and they improvise rock numbers or experimental numbers zappa style numbers or or uh, uh, I don't know uh, some heavy rock numbers as well. So um, yeah, it's just by by meeting people, uh, you can you can create something new, and also experimenting with the different yeah different devices you you can you can have. I remember when I was young, my my first attempts I was recording my uh, motorcycle uh, just to make some uh, some noise, or I was having a a pan with water and making some noise in the water and using that. And then, of course, the samplers up, uh, appeared, and with the samplers, you could do uh, could do a lot of uh, of those things. It was it lost a bit of its magic because uh, because you were able to manipulate everything and uh, master everything. Before that, you were not really sure of what you're going to produce, so that was also kind of interesting. Yeah, those happy accidents. Yeah. Well, um, if you'd like, I could put the uh, links to those YouTube videos in the description, sure. and uh, and you know, plus uh, the links to to get your album. Now, do you you have a website? Well, uh, no, I the website basically is Bandcamp, so you can go on the Bandcamp side. You will see uh, we have uh, thirteen albums out there from uh, Unquiet Music Limited, mm -hmm. uh, actually. This one is the second experimental album. The first one was the very first album of the of the series. There are a number of singles, and there are also these uh, pop uh, pop tunes, which we shoot on a different band name. It's called Your Preferred Retailer. That's well, I... the band name, and uh, the music is the song is called Better Later. Uh, that's sung by uh, by a young uh, young girl, so it's kind of fresh uh, '80s pop. So you can check that as well. Everything is on Bandcamp, and yeah, you, I invite you to, uh, or or the listeners or the watchers to uh, to check that, and the videos if you are interested in uh, in understanding a bit more about the the process to to create this music. Yeah. And are you on social media? 
I'm on Facebook. We have a Facebook, uh, Unquiet Music Limited, uh, Facebook and uh, Instagram. All right, well, I'm going to put all those links in the description to make it easy for folks to find you. Sure. And uh, Jean-Philippe, I appreciate you being on the show. Thank you very much, uh, Kyle. Thanks for having me. Anytime, man. And I also want to thank all of you out there. If you are new to this to this channel, um, well, please hit that subscribe button. And uh, for my regulars, I appreciate y'all for allowing me to do this. So until the next one, everyone, please take care. Be kind to one another. God bless and peace. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Listen to the Vibes. You can catch us on Buzzsprout or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And on YouTube. Follow us on Facebook at The Vibes Broadcast Network.